Welcome to another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. You're going to be joined by Paul, John and Super Pete Novikowski. We'll be talking rugby league, rugby union, AFL, a bit of soccer, a bit of NFL, a bit of tennis, a bit of Formula 3. It's all about sport. This is the Love Sport Podcast. Pete and John, good to have you on board, guys, for Love Sport Podcast. Um, a little bit of a, a Melgum that. Yeah, Melgum go, thanks for there. having me, Paul. It's awesome. I'm outside on the street. And, and Pete said, Are you a soccer ground? Yeah, spot on. Uh, well, my usual habitat, which is uh, the local sports ground uh, with many, many children running around kicking footballs. Uh, sensational. Well, we've got kids' noises in the background with John. We've got birds chirping away. So um, it's lovely. And I'm in a cavernous room. Um, I've got the gimp under the bed, so we're all ready to rock and roll. Let's do it. Okay, so look, we're going to start off, uh, we're actually going to start off with NFL, which kicked off last Friday. Uh, John, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one, mate. Yeah, um, it's fantastic to have the NFL back. And um, I think one of the things as, a, as an NFL fan, I was just praying for the season to get started because of all the issues in the States, whether that comes with crowds, coronavirus, whether it comes with issues of wokeness and, and all the other terrible things that have happened during the shutdown, to actually get them on the field and give the talking heads on ESPN something different to talk about was just an absolute joy. And the first couple of games, the first games, series of games were fantastic. And I see we've already crowned the Super Bowl champion of the Kansas City Chiefs again after one game. I believe that they do that every single year. So, yeah, they looked uh, they looked good. They did they did what they had to do. Um, Scoreline was probably flattering for the Texans in the end, a thirty four twenty victory to the Chiefs. Um, I thought the Texans looked pretty ordinary, to be honest. I think much like in football, I think that uh, they they benefited with coronavirus as far as they had a continuous program, a continuous continuous of coaching player styles, and um, I thought that told in the end, and really, I mean, I think this is the most overhyped team in the NFL, and I think they're much rubbish. Well, my favourites, uh, my favourites for the, uh, for this year's, uh, or next year's Super Bowl is the Ravens, and they were absolutely impressive, absolutely destroying the Browns, 38-6, to six. Um, but, I mean, that scoreline was flattering for the Browns, because the Ravens looked sensational. They were the most impressive team of the, of the weekend for me. They did have to find a way of translating Lamar Jackson's running game into winning playoff games. And when they do that, uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, good call, good call. And um, Tom Brady's um, debut with the Buccaneers, I mean, it, it goes down as a loss. But it, it was one of those games, neither quarterback, neither offense looked, looked like they could click at all, even though it was 34-23. No, there's quarterbacks too old. Hey, Pete, how old are you, man? Uh, 31, my boy. All right, well, that means that the combined age of the two starting quarterbacks in that game was double your age and more. Actually, triple your age nearly. <laughs> so how would you like to be standing there with six-foot-eight giants running you down and wanting to kill you in a 42-year-old 40, body? Yeah, yeah, right. I'm, uh, I'm currently quite excited for that uh, mental picture, but at the same time, I'm also quite scared and uh, quite worried for my own well-being. So, uh, yeah, probably not a great idea, that's for sure. <laughs> Fair enough. And probably the biggest uh, choke of the weekend is uh, the Eagles um, getting beaten by, what are they called, Washington? What are they called the Washington now? Foot, the Washington Woke Football Club. Yes, because they have no name right now. Uh, Eagles had 17-0. And looked like they had the game in complete control, but um, Carson went through intercepts and overthrew simple plays. And is he ever going to be the quarterback that people think he is? You know, it's hard. I mean, he gets a lot of raps. I think one of the biggest problems he's got is that your greatest ability is your availability. Yeah. And he spends way too much time not available to his team. And, and I think that's hurt him. Like in his absence, when the team was cherry ripe, a backup quarterback stepped in and won the Super Bowl. And I think that's something that you know, it'd be pretty hard to swallow when you're the number one draft pick. So until he climbs that mountain, he's not going to be thought of in that breath. But I don't see it happening with the Eagles for a while. But it was one of those games, like, I, you know, I watched the opportunity the Eagles had to, you know, go up 24-0 and to, you know, to even when they, 
were caught up by Washington. They just didn't take their chances. So you can't put it all down to the quarterback. But God, that would be a that that's going to be a loss that's going to come back and haunt him. I reckon. One of my highlights of the week, sports-wise, was that when with that whole change, and I don't know if Christian know about um, Pete know about it. Um, the Washington Football Club used to be called the Redskins, and over the summer they had to change their name because of pressure from companies like Nike and and all those sort of uh, you know big time corporate day slave traders who signed their name to get them to change the name. But anyway, what happened was in the American football when they're putting up the two teams, it comes up with the nickname. So this game was up all day as the Eagles, as the Eagles at Football Club. That was hilarious. I love it. <laughs> that's fantastic. I love that. That is awesome. Like that's awesome to just be called the football club. Uh, in terms of like how you could abbreviate that, even if it's like you know the scoreboards in the top left hand corner of the screen, or you might have his WFC, in which case yeah, that's sensational. Um, one other game that had a bit of controversy, and I often think that people don't watch the game when they pull out one thing. Uh, the Rams beating the Cowboys at their uh, new stadium, 20-17. to 17, And it was a controversial um, offensive pass interference, which, yeah. as, as we know, is not called very often. Um, the uh, wide receiver just had his hand out slightly, a little bit of contact. Um, they would have had a chance to level the game. But what people forget is 10 minutes beforehand, a couple metres out on fourth down, or a couple yards out, sorry, on fourth down, they had a chance to tie the game then and be 20 all with 10 minutes to go. And they decided not to take the field goal. And at the time, I tweeted, this is going to cost them. I don't know why, you know, just put it up there. And it, and it did. But we go back to one decision. You know, I just I, I just, I the, can't stand it. The, the NFL coaches have gone from being super conservative on everything to I, I must go for it. And if you remember um, the Cowboys, their previous coach there, Jason Garrett, was kind of it wasn't run out of town because he was there for ten years, but one of the main criticisms of him was that he was too conservative. And I think you've got a new coach there, new head coach in Mike McCarthy and um, Kellen Moore's the offensive coordinator yeah. held over from last year. And and I think that everyone wants to be all ballsy and hairy chested with all the calls. And I thought it was a ridiculous decision. Tied up. It wasn't like people were going up and down the field. No, not at all. You know, so... tied up, and you've still got ten minutes, and the game's different when you when you're not chasing a game in any sport. It's you play differently, right? Um... Reminds me a lot of the talk about in football, and everyone's like, "Oh, we have to play the beautiful game," and blah blah blah. Whatever way you got to get it done, you got to get it done. Ah, now that's a great segue that. there. This is this is going to be Pete's. Uh, Pete's going to feel really at home now, away from the NFL. First week of the Premier League, done and dusted a few buys here and there, obviously with cup runs and everything. Um, what did what did we make of the, the first, I mean, obviously Newcastle ones, you're going to be happy, John, but what did we all make of the first week of the Premier League? Well, let Pete run with this, eh? Go for it, Pete. You can lead here, mate. Maybe he's gone. He's there. Can't hear him. He's, he is there. Well, you know, People are going to be looking at the easy uh, back. I, can, I think Pete's back. Sorry, guys. Um, so I, th- I personally thought it was just exciting, the fact that we had uh, late-night games again and the, cr- the fact that we could have sleepless nights. Uh, so that, for me, was quite enjoyable. But at the same time, it was just va- uh, fantastic to be able to see Premier League back and, um, you know, so many debutants having sensational performances. Um, big games on display. Like For me personally, I just got really excited about the fact that we had the games back on and we could really show off, um, you know, what this beautiful game really is all about. And obviously the standout game for a lot of people, for a lot of people would have been the Liverpool-Leeds game. And, and what did you guys make of that? Was it really good offensive football or was it just some terrible mistakes down back or the fact that they haven't really trained together that much in the last few weeks? What did you make of the 4-3 game there? I have nightmares all the time, recurring nightmares about 4-3 uh, against Liverpool. <laughs> I hate that score look. And it was, t- it was a lot like that. But, you know, Leeds kept coming back at Liverpool, and I thought that was good for them. Um, uh, defensively, yeah, there was issues. But, I mean, it was wide open. It was a great game. Fully enjoyed it. 
Yeah, look, from a, Le- from a Leeds perspective, they had three chances on goal and scored all three mm. chances. Uh, so for Biesla, he, he would say tick of approval, sorted. But at the same time, from a defensive point of view, um, conceding two goals from set pieces, uh, that's a big issue for them. Um, I think that you could see the tempo that Leeds want to play. And obviously the question mark is always whether or not Leeds will be able to maintain this tempo. But to be fair, this is one game in and every single... A pundit on Sky Sports, on Guardian Football Weekly, on um, the Daily Mirror paper. Every person is trying to kind of make the assumption of what's going to happen this Premier League season, uh, who's going down, who's going to be crowned champions, that kind of stuff. We're, we're one game into a season that's, you know, we've had kind of the worst preparation possible. The players haven't had a break and this is kind of, relentless football so this is really going to sort out who who are the teams who grind their way through and then who are the teams who um can secure results and you talk about the grind i think that's what chelsea did to brighton in the end didn't have one of their greatest games ever but they still scored three goals um tottenham losing to everton uh, newcastle were absolutely worth their two nil win it, it could have been three or four i thought west ham were abject for a team that's going to be really fighting for survival. I thought West Ham was one of the worst performances of the first weekend. And a lot of money sitting there on their bench and on the field. And, um, yeah, uh, I don't really care too much about how they went. But from our point of view, I, I was very excited to see that we've actually brought some players in who look like they have a pulse. Um, and especially up front, with just the capacity to put the ball in the net. I think that young uh, Callum Wilson, he's going to be brilliant up front. If he stays fit, I think we've actually got a gem there. Nice little poacher's goal. He, he scored as well. Just got there. How many dudes come for those? Well, the keeper should have come for it, but you're absolutely right. You've got to take your chances. Uh, Wolves with a really good result. And Leicester continuing their great run over the past decade with a thumping win of rest from it. And I do it. Leicester's massively just many, many question marks over Leicester City, though. Like, you might mention the fact that they kind of like continue some form of dominance but at the same time you, you kind of have no idea what Brendan Rodgers' team is actually going to produce <laughs> right, on the day yeah. uh, which is incredibly scary for anyone who is a Leicester fan that you don't know what's actually going to happen until the full-time whistle is blown and then you kind of sit back and go oh so that's what happened in the game right thank you Brendan hey, Rodgers I, I, I take it you, I take it from where you're coming I'm sorry I see where you're coming from you're a, you're a coach um, but for me for a club that size to continually have fantastic results. He's just unbelievable. I, I still marvel at what Leicester's done the last few years. I think Brendan Rodgers done a pretty good job. I mean, he was, a, he was, he was all right at Liverpool. He was great at Celtic and he's, he's proven to be the right guy for the job where he is now. Well, next weekend, uh, I think the game that I'm really looking forward to, just to see where the two clubs are actually at and, and I want a title race this year. And I think the team that can really push Liverpool um, is Chelsea. And so they, they're going to play next Monday morning at 1.30. That's my game of the round. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing if Liverpool can um, shore it up at the back. But I'll tell you, that I'll go back to that Leeds game. That last penalty that they gave away, he just hung his leg out. That had to be one of the worst defensive efforts I've ever seen. Yeah, incredibly lazy and incredibly, you know, um, just lacklustre in the the intention to try and even win a ball. So, yeah, uh, really, really poor for uh, that penalty to be awarded. And look, as, as, as I said before, um, Marcello Bieslo would not be happy with it uh, with that defensive performance. Well, well you'd be excited. You, you, you sort of think, look at that. You go, God, I, and I thought David Luiz was a bad defender. It was... Yeah, exactly right. I'll stick the leg out here. And if you're an attacker, you're going to go for that leg. There's no way on God's earth you're not going to take that penalty because it was come and get the penalty, boys. Come and take it. Um, I have some worries about West Ham next weekend because I think Arsenal could score a lot of goals this year. And so Arsenal is going to take on West Ham. And I think West Ham could be in for a three or four goal, I'll say. I don't want to pump up Arsenal's tyres, but I think they're going to score a lot of goals. Yeah, well, Bumiyang is in fantastic form. Lacazette is in uh, some fantastic form as well. Uh, you can see how excited the players are to be out there for Mikel Arteta. You can see the style of play that they're trying to um, create. Things are moving positive. So, you know what, as kind of 
as scary as it seems, it might actually be time to be slightly optimistic if you are an Any Arsenal fan. Any other games that stand out for you? I mean, I have a look at, you know, um, Everton taking on West Brom. It's not a game I'm particularly interested to see, but if Everton's going to make the moves that people are talking about this year, they're going to have to beat West Brom. And Leeds take on Fulham. And uh, Leeds don't get a result there. Just a little bit of pressure on them, which I'm not too unhappy about. Yeah, so um, for me personally, I think that that Everton game is actually um, one of my highlight games of the round because I'll be really interested to see how Everton... Um, push on after this was a result against Tottenham. Um, whether they can kind of really put West Brom uh, to the sword or whether um, West Brom will actually kind of be able to bounce back. Um, we know that Slavon Bilic is actually a fantastic coach and being able to uh, create something magical with them. But yeah, this could be probably um, a really interesting game for Everton to see how they actually shape That's up this it. season. Are you going to say there, John? Sorry. Oh, can you still hear me? Yes, mate, absolutely. Um, oh, yeah, look, I was just going to say that I think if Aubameyang stays fit, I think it's going to be a huge year for Arsenal. As, and as long as I presume they're not going to have the once every three months African Cup of Nations, so if he's available the whole time, um, you know, um, I think I just think he's such a dynamic. Every time I look in the score sheet, he scores. Yeah. And, and, and he's I, a great player. And I think what Pete said is really vital as well. They actually look like they're having fun. And if you're having fun, um, then it frees up a fair, fair bit of the pressure that Arsenal's felt the last few years. So I think they're going to score a ton of goals. So they're going to be a fun team to watch. Their home jersey this year looks great, but the uh, their change strips look a bit atrocious. But anyway, that's a story for another day. I think the... Which the uh, blood-stained white kit that looks like it's come straight out of the meatsmiths. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting one. Um, I personally have seen more colour of like you know the fat from a piece of bacon. Um, but it, look, it is an interesting kit. Um, the home kit is delightful. I have to agree there. Um, and for anyone who hasn't actually seen Adelaide United's um, new home kit was just released earlier on today. Uh, look, that is something to really marvel at. Um, really fantastic shapes, design. Um, and, you know, I'm quite looking forward to seeing how it kind of displays um, it's a during the season. You that one. If you haven't seen it, we'll post it up. Um, it is a love-hate one. I looked at it first of all and I went, I like it. Then I looked at it second, third, fourth time. And I'm like, not so sure now. I think it is going to be one of those divisive shirts. Unlike Chelsea's... Um, third kit, if you've seen it. It looks like a Crystal Palace kit. I'm not sure if you guys have seen it, but Chelsea's third kit is literally a Crystal Palace shirt. Yeah, exactly right. It is bang on a Crystal Palace kit. Um, but at the same time, we could also mention Leicester City's third choice kit, which is a maroon, which is kind of a awful off-branded version or off-branded colour of an Aston Villa or West Ham shirt as well. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about so beautiful shirts and we'll finish this section off with this. I think Leeds' uh, Adidas shirt this year looks pretty schmick. I mean, Leeds has always had some pretty good shirts, but this season's but you just have very to stop. good. You just have to stop at the bit where you said the Adidas shirt. It's not uh, Adidas. Generally that, means, generally, that means it's a whole lot better than the puke fest that I get as a Newcastle fan from Puma. <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't even talk about Villas because it looks like one. it's one wash away from the uh, letters falling off, very much Brisbane Raw-like, I reckon. <laughs> So, guys, um, any surprises here that uh, Messi stayed at uh, Barcelona? What was that all about? For me personally, no great surprise. The fact that uh, Messi's ended up pulling on the shirt, you can see that from his contractual um, obligations that he wasn't able to get the release that he wanted and that Barcelona are in desperate need to try and get some money. Um, the club needs a whole lot of money at the moment and the only way that they're going to get that is if they sell some of their key players, which is why uh, the likes of Luis Suarez is still up for sale. You can see a number of other key players up for sale. Um, but 
no one is willing to spend over 700,000, uh, sorry, 700 million as the release clause for Lionel Messi. So um, with that in mind, uh, it's no great surprise that he has ended up turning up for training games. He's ended up turning up for preseason and he's pulled on the Barcelona shirt I'm, once again. I'm literally now Team Ronaldo. I was always Team Messi and um, John has stated this really well in, in previous episodes. I would love to see Messi go on and take a challenge. Go for a mid-range club. Bring that club up off your own boots. Um, I'm officially bored of Team Messi. Yeah. Oh, look, give me a break. It's going to be a snooze fest. Who cares if he wins at Barcelona? Yeah. I mean, tell you what he's not doing. He's not doing anything for his legacy. At least Ronaldo can say he played at three great clubs and was successful at all of them. I was about to say, did he win titles at all of them? Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, at least he can say that as well. Guys, I'm... You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. Shot flew up. On another note, I know, um, Pete, you've got training and have to go soon, but... On a completely different sport altogether, um, Australia just got a Formula Three world champion. Seems uh, seems it's really uh, hit hit home for you two. <laughs> I thought you were asking Pete about that one. Was that? <laughs> Oh, oh, look, I, I'm incredibly excited about the fact that we have a Formula 3 champion. Did not know that, was not aware of that news. And unfortunately, we could argue that that's kind of a, a blight on Australian sports media. But uh, look, incredibly excited. Well done. Hey, I wonder if, um, speaking of snooze fests, I wonder if um, it would be possible to come up with a more boring blueprint for a sport at the moment than Formula 1. <laughs> I mean, they've really patented it. Like, it's... Uh, it's incredible. Like, um, you, if you want to get to sleep at night and you're stuck for something, put that on. Well, it, it is exciting because Formula 3 is a little bit – it doesn't have all the same things as Formula 1 in terms of some of the uh, things that we've spoken about before, the speed limiters and different things like that. He's a young Australian. He's got – you know, he's got – he literally has the world at his feet. He's a sensational driver, Oscar Pistari. And I think he's going to go on, and oh, I think he's going to eclipse some of our big names in the in in the, in the sport over the years. So, um, just keep an eye out on him. Uh, I know you guys aren't big NBA um, fans, so I'll keep it pretty short here. The Clippers blew a three-one lead, and uh, they're out of you know the favourites for the NBA titles are out. Uh, so they led three-one in their best of seven series to Denver, and uh, managed to choke and lost the last four. Uh, sorry, the last three games there. So pretty How much, Paul, do you think that these teams, because the, the Milwaukee, I understand, was a big favoured team and the Clippers was obviously the other one coming in the other side of the draw, but how much do you think that they've scuppered themselves with um, getting Uber involved in all of the woke campaigns that get around the state? Well, you, you, you could definitely say that, but one of the guys who's been most involved is playing for the Lakers and... Uh, he, he's, he's going to go on and win his fourth title now, and he's going to end up being in the conversation. Regardless of what people want to say, uh, LeBron's going to be in the conversation with Jordan down the track because he's going to win four titles. Hasn't always played in the best teams. Yes, he has. He's been in a different era where he's been able to bring people in. I don't know. I don't know what COVID's done, Black Lives Matter and so forth, how it's affected it. But, geez, uh, to lead any series three one and be knocked out, that is an absolute shocker. Well, weren't the Bucks about to walk on the field for their playoff games and they were big time favourites for that as when the when the Jacob Blake thing happened and then they pulled out of that and they said they weren't gonna play. And then they end up losing that series bang, 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 didn't they? Uh, in all fairness to them as well, uh, I'm going to get his name wrong. He um, just uh, he got injured in game three and didn't play the rest mm. of this, you know, didn't play the rest of the series. But they just looked like a team who didn't care. Um, and they're going to lose a marquee basketball because he's, he's not going to stay in Milwaukee, and, and they're not going to sign big name players. So all we're going to see is the super teams are going to become even bigger, if that makes sense. It's becoming very much like football, where the big teams just sign the biggest players in the comp. So it's getting a bit boring, um, in all fairness. Mm. But there is a good series on the other side, Miami and uh, Miami and Boston. So 
We could see. That's a, a pretty big effort for basketball to make itself more boring than it already is. <laughs> I hate from your point of view. U.S. Open. Did anyone watch any of the U.S. Open? That's even more boring than basketball. He yeah, didn't watch all of it, but we have to give it out to uh, Tim and uh, Asaka, who won the US Open, that probably is not going to be remembered by many people at all. Well, we'll it'll, be remembered by the, it'll be remembered by the, um, by the line judge who, who accidentally got hit by the ball that went past her and already died. I can't believe she got in the way of Djokovic. I, can't, I cannot believe she deliberately put her neck in the way of Djokovic's, you know, very pleasant hitting the ball back. You know, I, I just, I can't believe she would be that selfish. At least it gave him something to talk about. <laughs> That's oh, the only nice. thing people are going to talk about <laughs> from the US Open. Um, guys, on, a, on AFL, anything of note there that we need to talk about? I don't know. Have you been in the news again lately, Paul, um, for any AFL things uh, going on? No, no, I, uh, no, I'm... Not the media hall you're making me out to be there, Pete. <laughs> but but a good friend of mine, he's um his two kids were on the Today Show yesterday holding the Premiership Cup. So uh, I don't know what's going on all, with all my AFL mates, but we're starting to breed a bit of uh, media whoredom. If you can call your mates kids media whores, I don't think you can do that. But <laughs> anyway. Mate, I'm just about to... That's right. There's a shovel just around the back. If you want to just keep digging, mate, just uh, keep digging away. I'm just about to take the um, to take the lid off as well with the Brisbane Lions. The last couple of weeks, I think that we're in pretty good shape, and, uh, and I know we're not the darling of the Melbourne media, but let's be realistic. I mean, every the finals being played in Queensland, and they're the only guys who've been in their own beds. Well, partners, and they'll get out and win. So. John, you're a Lions man, as we know. I'm a Richmond man. Very likely, the first week of the finals is going to be Brisbane Richmond. I think you get over the if you get over the Tigers in week one, you win the premiership. It's as simple as that. I think we are your biggest hurdle to winning it. If you can win that week one final, which you'll be primed to do, you'll go on and win it all. But we are, and you know as well as I, you know even better than I do, to be honest. Like to me, in those games against Richmond. What we've got to do is overcome one, a fear of failure, and two, a fear of getting stuck in the headlights when we kick up the goal. I think we can contest around the, the play. I think your big players really own us after we expend a heap of energy and maybe kick two goals ten. Yeah. But I really think that we've got a chance. And, and you know how much I love Richmond to say this. I, uh, if, if you get over the Tigers, you win the Premiership. That's as simple as that in my mind. And if you can't get over Richmond, you've blown a massive chance. As you said, you've been in your home. I'm not making excuses. I'm actually giving an argument for the Lions winning. You know, you have been in your home backyard. And this is you've been so great all year. You know, it, it'd be a shame if you couldn't get over that first week, I reckon. Yeah, fingers crossed. Well, sport, you never know what's going to happen. No, 100%. Well, mate, mate, it's in your backyard. I'm, I'm going in thinking that we're going to lose. We still have to beat Adelaide to uh, stay in the top four this week, and that's no given after they've won three in a row. Um, one thing I do want to bring up, we, we say that we're not political on this show, right? But this is something that's really got my goat. AFL 360, which I don't try and watch very often because I can't stand the, the, the two idiots that host it, right? And I don't care if I get in trouble for saying that. They had a, they had a um, story on last night talking about how great Jordan Ngoi is, okay? Mm. And we all know he's up on serious assault charges. Two seconds later, they, 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 they ward the efforts of Sydney and the AFL for, um, you know, speaking out about violence against partners with, with a young Sydney player, right? Yeah. How does that make sense? On one hand, you've got this guy that you say is brilliant who could be done for sexual assault. And on the other hand, you've got a young guy who's really struggling. Now, I'm not defending to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm not, I just find it funny that you can go from one story saying how great someone is who's up on charges currently, they are still standing. And then you you bagging a young bloke at, in the same time. Does, does that make any sense to you what the media does? Well, I think it's called pragmatism. And it's the same way as, you know, you watch the first five, five minutes of sunrise in the morning 
and they're slagging off Daniel Andrews, saying what a terrible job he's done of letting COVID get out of control and shutting the place down. And then the next five minutes they spend it slagging off Balashay, saying what a terrible job she's done because no one's got it, and they've shut the, you know, they've closed the borders. It's like, well, which one do you want? Um, but with that, I think the only thing I can think of is that okay, Dugowie, he dominated the other night, mm. and and he he's the difference between Collingwood being up to now. Um, everyone happens all the groups or whatever. Uh, in the NRL, he wouldn't be playing. I don't think he should be playing in the AFL. Uh, if it was a Richmond player, I promise you, I'd say the same thing. I'm, uh, absolutely, I, I'm sorry, innocent until proven uh, guilty. Serious charges. The, you should be. The NRL down. down the St George, the St George forward, Trent Marin. I can't remember what his name is. It might not be him. And they they, they set him down. For two years, while they're waiting for his case to get to Well, they do in most American sports. Pete, your thoughts on that, mate? Uh, I apologise. You guys were actually cutting out in and out uh, down here, so I was unable to hear most of that uh, conversation. So, yeah, no, I apologise that I've missed out on you most of what you said. Realistically, no matter what the sport is, uh, someone's up on serious charges. Should they be stood down while those charges, um, uh, they're awaiting those charges to be found out? Or should they be allowed to play sport? Um, uh, yeah, for, for me personally, if, if you're under investigation for literally anything, um, I don't understand how you could be focusing on an investigation and um, be able to play an elite sport. Uh, so for me personally, if something has gone wrong, then you need to be focused solely on one thing. So, um, yeah, if, if you're under investigation, you should not be playing in late sports so that you can focus purely on whatever's going on. And as a club, you should be trying to, you know, rather than, um, rather than put your name in headlights and say, look, we're focusing on X, now we're leaving this person to focus on everything else so that football at the club or uh, basketball at the club or whatever can continue and everyone can basically go on with their regular And you can't really sell all your programs for goodwill and, you know, what we do, you know, what we do for society and everything. And it's a really tough one, isn't it? Because on one hand, you're supposed to be a team and you stick up for everyone in your team. And on the other hand, you're supposed to be representative of society and so forth. So it's one of those I don't think we'll ever get right. No, exactly right. Um, and it, there's always going to be opinions, no matter which side of the argument that we're on, whether it's, you know, as you might have said before um, about, you know, domestic violence, or whatever, if something's gone wrong, um, then th- there's no reason to kind of highlight them by giving them a jersey to say, oh, yeah, you're good enough to actually go play on the weekend and represent our club. If, to be honest, they're not fit and proper to represent themselves as human beings. Yeah, yeah. Well said, man. Brilliantly said. I, I really, really appreciate that. You know, we can be outspoken and we we try not be too political, but you can't run away from things as well. And this has been a pretty big thing for me. Um, seeing, And I know what you're saying, John, as well. He did have a brilliant performance. But to then back up the sections on a show where you talk about someone who's under those charges and then talk about someone else straight away afterwards, it just seemed the timing was out as well. So that's it's always easy. It's always easier to sit down a nineteen-year-old who's played two games, and no one knows who it is. You know, it's like oh, we'll make we'll, get, we'll make a statement, and you know they're gone or cut them or whatever. It's yeah. a whole lot different if you're talking about, as you know, Paul, a super high-quality forward who can win games. Hundred percent. And 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 guys, I stand on this. If it was an Aston Villa player, if it was a Brisbane Raw player, if it was a Richmond player. Me, as a human being, I want that player stood down because they represent my club. And if they're proven innocent down the track, well, you know, that's great. Fantastic for them. But what if they're found guilty down the track and they've won Brownlow votes and they've won games and they've done all this? It's, I think NRL's got it right. I think most American sports have got it right as well. The allegations are there. The player stood down. That's just, yeah. Yep. And- Agreed. Absolutely well, I agreed. I do think one of the furfies in Australian sport, especially the two big boys, which is obviously the NRL and the AFL, is somehow – AFL gets a pass for just about everything they do, yeah. and the NRL gets slapped on the head for just about everything they do. And if even if you go and look at the way they've dealt with salary cap breaches and premierships and stuff, um, they've been far more 
they're always I reckon they're way more on the front foot when it comes to dealing with stuff really touchy than the AFL is. The AFL just is as a virtue signalling happy box. And I think this year's even highlighted that more. The NRL through COVID, I think, handled it as well as I've ever seen in any sport. They looked at other sports. They had a strong... He wasn't even a chairman, really, but they had a strong lead. And I just think they led the way in Australian sport. Um, unfortunately, the A-League sat back and waited and waited and waited. Um, AFL, you know, mucked around. The NRL got it done. And that's a huge credit to that sport. Guys, anything else uh, that's catch, uh, caught your eye in, in the week of sport? Obviously, the US Open didn't catch uh, your attention at all for either of you. <laughs> NBA's bored you both to tears. How are your girls going? Is it, uh, what happened? Did you win at the weekend? Uh, so we're in this weird situation down in New South Wales in the NPL environment where uh, senior footballers' uh, season draw is continuing as normal whilst the youth leagues are uh, basically divided into regional hubs, uh, which means down at Illawarra Stingrays here in the Wollongong uh, coast, we're able to play against three teams and three teams only, those being Southern Branch, uh, Sutherland and Football South Coast. Um, but... Odd thing is obviously the fact that we play at a home ground whereby we play against uh, Southern Branch from Nowra um, for our junior fixtures. And then straight afterwards, we have a team from Manly playing against our seniors. And uh, the concept of uh, trying to avoid contamination across teams is massively in doubt and questioned when you've got so many teams interacting with each other. Good luck with that. Yeah, exactly right. But uh, makes things fun and exciting, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, look, we've got two games left to go of this weird supplementary season that we're currently playing. Uh, and then we're left with the giant question mark of does the season continue that we originally had planned, in which case then we could be playing until November, um, which then could almost mean that we basically play for two years without an actual wow. break. Um, so that makes things even more exciting. Well, I want to pump up the world. I want to pump up the, the women's game. Um, and we're not sponsored by anyone, but I really want to pump up the coverage that Optus uh, have put out there. They've got live women's Super League matches. A lot of Australians, obviously, Sam Kerr and Hayley Razzo and people like that are, are playing in the women's uh, Super League, which is the English Premier League, basically, of, of women's football. They've got live matches. They've got highlights of every game. They've got a show called Women's Football Odd Style, which is going to have the highlights of all the Australian players around the world, specifically in England. And I just think that, you know, I've seen no advertising on it at all. I was just going through the app looking for things to watch. And um, I really think they should be pumping that right up. Um, you, you get to see every single women's game in England, highlights, and, and get to see the Aussies play. And I'm not hearing anything about it. So I'm just going to pump up the ties on that one. Good call. Yeah, there's also a good friend of mine down in Victoria uh, with Sandy Bay Media. They've started promoting a lot of the MPL competitions uh, with players and coaches from the Victorian MPL, uh, the New South Wales MPL and the Queensland MPL competitions starting to get promoted more as well. So uh, well worth checking out their weekly previews and reviews of the MPL competitions and um, in-depth chats with individual coaches and administrators. So Sandy Bay Media, check Sandy them out Bay online. Sandy Bay Media, so if we get on there, we can see all of that. That's amazing. And we're going to see those players get into the uh, Matildas and play overseas as well. So something the men's game hasn't done well, the women's game's really embracing. So, Pete, you're off the tra- I think you're off the training. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, players are starting to arrive and uh, trying to really get things underway and rolling. Night. John, I'm going to keep you with me. Pete, we always right, love man. having you. We'll speak to you next week. See you, Pete. Say well. Thanks for visiting. Bye-bye. So- The Love Sport Podcast does not have any sponsors, but we do believe in causes. And one of those is Three Mates Can, Three Mates Can on Twitter and Three Mates Can on Facebook. It's about having a conversation about being a better man. So grabbing three of your mates, making sure we treat women better, hold each other accountable and make sure we're doing the right thing. So Three Mates Can on Twitter and Facebook, join the conversation 
let's make the world a better place. So, John, um, we, we've covered a fair bit of world sport there. You didn't know that we had an Australian Formula 3 champion. It obviously shows where our, uh, our, our racing kind of pedigree is there. Um, I, had quickly re- I had quickly read that, but in all honesty, I mean, I really am. Couldn't I'll- be more bored. Formula One than I said it was. Oh, I totally get it, mate. I, I love watching the lower levels because that's where you've seen the the, re, the guys who've gone basically from go-karting into Formula Three and stuff like that. And they're, they're usually under 20 years of age. And so yeah. they, they take the risks that we don't see in a lot of other sports. But As the um, speaker of all things Queensland and, and actually an actual rugby fan, I'm pretty pleased to see the Reds making a final. Good luck to Brad Thorne and the guys. Hope we win that. And when's that, when's that being played, and who are they playing in the Australian Conference? They're hating. They're, they're playing the Brumbies, and I'm pretty certain on this week. I haven't looked whether it's Saturday or Friday. I'm, I'm knee deep in marking at the moment for the end of term. Got to get my seniors done before I go on holidays, but it's definitely this weekend. And it's been a while since Queensland won a title 2011. It's been um, it's been good football though, hasn't it? Like I've really enjoyed it, and I've watched some of the New Zealand games as well, and. It's really been throw the ball around. It's been a lot of fun to watch. When it's played right, it's fantastic. Um, you know, Queensland have run over to a bunch of really good players. Um, and I do think the secret to the Wallabies having any success is for Queensland and New South Wales to be strong. This is part one of that. Um, and then the tests have been confirmed for the end of the year. I believe that Jacinda Ardern's given clearance for the Wallabies to be in New Zealand for, without quarantining. Yes, that's exactly so right. So in November, I believe. So that's good news as well. There'll be some international rugby. And so it should be. I mean, we can't, can't go anywhere else. I mean, Chile can play our nearest neighbour and, you know, I wouldn't say the biggest rival in rugby, but our traditional rival across every sport. Well, be what, fantastic. what a brilliant job Brad Thorne's done, though. He made some really, really tough decisions a couple of years ago that a lot of people weren't very happy with. But, you know, to, you know, drop legends of the game in Quade Cooper and people like that as well. It's It's been an amazing coaching journey by one of the best rugby league and rugby players that we've seen in this country. He also had three big-time players hold his feet to the fire during COVID about uh, contract disputes and saying, you know, and calling out all kinds of things, saying they wouldn't take cuts in money. And everyone knows the problems that the that um, rugby unions have got. And um, he just released them and told them to see you later. I'll never speak to see you again. And I think actually having a stance and a position um, is fantastic. They've got one of the best front rowers in the world. Um, they've got a good young halfback. And that's always a good sign. That, you know, and, and the captain's playing well. So he's playing the second row. So fingers crossed. Uh, hopefully they win. And, you know, we don't often give coaches in Australia the rap that they should get, but his coaching performance has been amazing. And but would you like to see him coach? I, I know his background, would you like to see him as a coach of the Wallabies down the track? Well, why not? I mean, he's got them, he's, he's got a system in place and it seems to be successful. The Wallabies left to give the current coach a chance to do what he's doing, but Brad Thorns is, I mean, okay, he's an all-black, but he's he's kind of the quintessential sports person or just person that you get today. Like, yeah. Okay, I was born in New Zealand, I grew up in Australia, or I like the state of origin, I played for the All Blacks. For me, I would say I'd love to play state of origin for Queensland and play rugby for England. You know what I mean? Or yeah. whatever. It's just what it is. And, and, and he's done that. He's lived that dream. And I can't see... I mean, the guy would be as passionate about Australia as he would be about New Zealand. Oh, just one of those guys who just crosses all boundaries and could probably coach any sport. Just, you know, I don't think I'd ever argue with him, to be honest. Not just He's just got that way about him, so... He's a big guy. He's calm, mate. He's he's really a, he's a calming and that's, person, and he's smart, and that's really what you need. Well, mate, if we can have a quick look at the NRL, it, it, you know, you got the Panthers, Storm, Roosters, Eels. The Roosters have got so many injuries. I just can't believe. And we talk about system. The Roosters have a system. The Storm have a system. The teams below them, like the Eels, they're starting to drop off now. And so the teams mm. that seem to have the system, and Panthers do now. Panthers, Storm, Roosters. It's there's no one I know people want the Raiders to be right up there, but I can't really see it. The top three, I can't see it coming outside of those guys. Any thoughts on that? I think the older I get, the more I've become a believer in pedigree and, and in and in coaches and in, you know, great players and 
stop wishing for oh, what might be. And I just I look at it and I'll go, you know what? Someone's going to have to tell me if the Roosters aren't playing against the Storm and the GF. I still think the Panthers have that chance when they um, just the ability to score uh, a lot of points quickly. And that's what everyone keeps talking about, right? But I had a quick look at the table and they've only scored one more point than the Storm. You're talking about this amazing um, offense that the Panthers have got, but the Storm's only scored one less point. And I think the Roosters have scored 40 or 50 more points than anyone. And their injury list is unbelievable. The first 10 games back, I, I haven't seen anyone play better than Trent Robinson had the Roosters play. I was, I'd never cheer for the Chooks. Nah. I couldn't, I couldn't get enough of watching them play. They're, they're absolutely fantastic. And, you know, if he gets his guys together, that dude, Robinson, has now coached a bunch of different teams. Yeah. At, at the Roosters, taking them through different machinations. And, man, they're always at the top. And he was the first to – him and Bellamy were the first two guys to really adapt to the changes of COVID. Yep. And it sticks out like proverbial that – I mean, I'd love to see Penrith do well. I mean, I could find a way of saying – you know, obviously you can find a way of saying that they'll win, but there's a lot of things that got to happen right for them to win. Yeah. Um, and I honestly – I can't have a guy like Ivan Cleary and the same coaching stratosphere as those other two. So let's see what happens. Well, you know, down the other end of the ladder, the, the Broncos. I mean, we don't really need to say much here, do we? I mean, I, I just couldn't believe they lost again. I mean, they, is there any pride left in that club at all? It's really strange. They seem to put all their, their um, eggs in one basket with one sort of style of play and one style of, you know, recruitment process and one, you know, and they just they just don't have any – there's nothing about them that's like, wow, that's dynamite or that's electric. It's it's like they're playing they're playing for the old rules. And, and when the game moved, when the earth shook with COVID, the Broncos just got left behind in a time warp and they can't go with it. And, you know, we said this a couple of weeks ago, that very first time out against the Chooks, first set of six – Bing, bing, that bell rings, go again. Bing, bing, that bell rings, go again. Rooster scoring. The Broncos haven't been in it since. And I honestly thought that's what was going to find the Storm out. But the Storm's got so many young players coming through now that those old legs that I thought would struggle with that six again rule, they seem to be Mm. fine now. So it's just, you're right. Pedigree in a sport is the coaching becomes, as I get older, the, the importance of a great coach becomes more evident to me. Um, I, I do have to go back to my AFL club. I do, because it does seem system over um, over players sometimes, and, and I think that's what teams like the Lions are starting to get the system. Yeah. And you've got to have you've got to have backup in key positions. So you, you you need to be able to say, okay, so one guy goes out, next man up, all that sort of yeah. stuff. I think you know. I mean, I'm sure that David Fafita is going to go to the Titans, and under the coaching there, he's going to be just a world beater. Oh, look, I think there's good times for the Titans ahead. I think they've um, they've signed up some of their young players for a number of years, which they haven't been able to do in the past. And there is no go-home factor. I mean, living on the Gold Coast in your 20s, getting paid a few hundred thousand dollars, we've got to get rid of this notion of go-home factor. You can get Especially on... Especially if you're a Queenslander from Ipswich. Yeah, exactly. The go-home factor is, is not evident. So I just find that kind of funny, and I think it is an advantage the NRL's got in terms of it being largely New South Wales and Queensland-based, largely, the go-home factor doesn't really count. Um, you know, maybe in your last year or two, you want to get the last big contract. But I kind of love that about the NRL. That it's not that, you know, you've got the Gold Coast Suns who are starting to look good in the AFL, and they keep talking about the go-home factor. Uh, yeah. Have these uh, commentators never been in their 20s? I mean, I know where I'd rather be in the middle of winter in my twenties, getting paid a few hundred grand a year. Yeah, trip to Melbourne sounds good, <laughs> mate. Anything else? Uh, anything else for this uh, for this pod tonight about the uh, wonderful world of sport? Besides Newcastle nah, man, winning two 0 Yeah, look, it's the first time that I can put my hand on my heart and say that three of my major teams all won within twenty four hours. So I had, I had the, uh, I had Newcastle win, which was unexpected, to be honest. And then had the Lions win, which was expected. And then the Packers came out and absolutely put a beating on the much-hated Vikings. And 
Aaron Rodgers looked a million bucks and uh, all is well. And, and the Reds won as well at the same time. So that was four out of four. I was actually going to say to you that I did watch, I actually watched your teams play this weekend. I thought the uh, the Packers looked fantastic. Forget the score lines. They just looked everything that I thought they would. The Lions did what they had to do. It's a very difficult season. Um, who else did we have there? Sorry, mate. You said the Reds and there was one other team. Oh, Newcastle. Mate, you could have won that four or five nil. You guys looked absolutely great. Well, one thing I'm not going to do is get ahead of myself. So, um... I, I will for you. You're going to finish mid-table, and that's going to be a good thing. I hope so. I still hope that um, I still hope that a new buyer comes in and takes us out. But anyway, well, actually, can... actually spent some money, and that's a good thing. Can we finish on this note then? Hmm? We'll finish on this note. You know, I'm a big Villa man. Jack Grealish, five years signed yesterday. Um, Massive offers have come in for him, and uh, he wants to stay at Villa Park. I'm just absolutely stoked. He didn't even really renegotiate his pay up. Um, captain of our club um, started at Villa at the age of six in the academy, and it's one of those for, for me. Uh, in what's been a hard few years for our club, it's one of the good news stories. I, I have not been able to get the smile off my face. It's good for football, man. And you know what? It's great to see some guys doing that, like Longstaff at our place. And yep. And I just think it's good for football and dudes signing for clubs like us rather than saying, oh, my God, I've got to go and get myself into, you know, sitting on the bench at Spurs for four years. The thing is, though, he must have absolutely been thinking about it. It must have been very tempting to go to a club that's going to play in Champions League football. And on the other side, he's gone, well, I can be a one-club legend. It's, it's, it's one of those stories we don't see too often these days. Well, that's how you get statues built of you if you can bring success to a team like uh, like Villa or Russell, anywhere really. But you know, especially if you're a local um, bread product, and it'd uh, be awesome to see that. Good luck. Hope it works out for you. Mate. You're playing playing tomorrow this week, aren't you? Uh, well, no, we play next week. We played this morning in the uh, in, in the cup and um, a three one win, and our uh, two of our new signings scoring is and with Jack as well. So. Uh, against Burton Albion, uh, you know, it's a cup game. It, they don't have the same, you know, stories that they used to. But to have your two new players and your captain who's just signed for five years all score, it's a pretty good morning. That is good, man. Hey, you've done well. And, uh, yeah. Well. I really don't think I've got much else to talk about because I'm, I'm walking on air and uh, and, I'm, and I'm sure the balloon's going to pop this weekend. No, well, may it continue. One of the great sporting people I know. So we can get you Atlantic Peach on Twitter. We can get Pete yep. at Pete Nowakowski. Now, Nowakowski is with a W because he's Polish background. And I'm Paul underscore football. You can also get us on We Only Pod When We're Winning on Facebook and also Love Sport uh, Podcast Network. So we'll have a podcast out every week. Join in the conversation. If you have any topics you want us to talk about, um, whether we're right or wrong, we don't care. But, John, we'll speak to you next week. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. You can find us on Apple, Google, Anchor, and Spotify. You can also follow us on Facebook at Love Sport. And also, we only pod when we're winning our football podcast. I'm Paul, your host. You can get me at Paul underscore football. Lambic Peach is John. Hunslet White is uh, Sean when he's on. And also Pete Novikowski, which is Novikowski with a W. We are the Love Sport Podcast.